Okay, Boker Tov. Today's staff is Mem Aleph, and we pick up on the Mishnah. We're a little behind, but it should go quickly, God willing. We pick up on the Mishnah on um, Mem Amud's Bet. So let's get started. New topic. We just finished the whole discussion about Birchas Kohanim, and now we move on to the other things that are Dafka in Hebrew. So Birchas Kohen Gadol Ketzad. How is the Brach of the Kohen Gadol um, now, you know, or what is the Brach of the Kohen Gadol? Meaning the Mishnah says that it's in Hebrew, but as I mentioned, we're using this as an opportunity to explore how these things actually were done. Um, some more historical, like the Brachas and Kualos, some more Lamasa, like Birchas Kohanim. Birchas Kohen Gadol falls a little bit in the, between those two. I mean, it was Lamasa when you had a base of Mikdash. So, how was this, what was this? Chazan Oknezah, now this is almost an exact quote, or it is an exact quote, from the Mishnah Yoma that describes the end of the Avodah of Yom Kippurim after all the Korbanot are brought and the Seir is sent Lazazel. Um, then they do the Kriya HaTorah in the, in the Azara. We'll see exactly which Azara we're talking about. Um, and after they read the Torah, which is from, you know, all the Achrimos uh, um, and it's uh, the, the Musaf and so on, the Avodah Sayom, um, then they uh, basically wrap up. That's like he switches his garment, he finishes the, uh, you know, to the uh, gold ones to do the things that are not the unique Avodah Sayom. Um, then he goes back into his white garments just to retrieve the uh, Kaf and the Machta, to retrieve the uh, the incense um, and the coal uh, um, pan from the Kodesh Kadashim, but this is really um, so that's like one more little wrap-up thing to be done about the Avoda, but this is really after primarily all the Avoda had been done. Interestingly, the Mishan Yoma mentions that this could be done either the big day lovan in the uh, in the uh, you know begadim of the kohen gadol of yom kippur, um, which is interesting because um, or it could be done in some type of a uh, of a special cloak uh, that he had that he made sp- that you know was special for this service. So that's interesting as well. Like how much is it being incorporated into the avoda in terms of being done with the big day kahuna? But anyway, so what would he do when he? This is um, for the uh, reading of the Torah. So. So the chazan of the Knesset, of the synagogue. Now, what synagogue are we talking about, right, up in, uh, you know, up in the base of Mikdash? Are we talking about the fact that I mean, the Kohanim would daven on a daily basis, right? We had mentioned actually, you know, that they would sort of say Kriyat Shema and do Birchat Kohanim and so on. Is that the Knesset that they are referring to? Would they have, I mean, it's not a, never exactly clear to me. Is there like a name Knesset in Yerushalayim that he would come and he would sort of represent I don't exactly know obviously we're talking here about a synagogue-like ritual a reading of the Torah but who exactly was this Chazan HaKneset is not clear I mean which Knesset is it you know which synagogue are we referring to he would take the Sefer Torah the Notna Lo Rosh HaKneset the head of the Knesset if you take a look at Rashi who's the difference the Chazan is the guy who does the work and the Rosh is the guy who gets to make all the decisions so Rashi says Chazan HaKneset Shamash HaKneset Shetoreach so he's the guy that does all the work. Okay, Rosh Knesset, Apiv Nechtechin Divrei HaKneset. He gets to make all the decisions. Now, all the decisions are Mi Yafkir Benavi, Mi Yifros Al Shema, who gets to Davin, who gets an Aliyah. Like right now, we have those two, you know, somewhat uh, conflated um, in, in the role of the Gabai. Um, but here you would have the guy that makes the decision and the guy that does the work. Okay, so he would give it. I raise that question. I, yeah, I mean, the Kohanim would say the Shema at a yeah, certain no, point. I, d- I don't know whether we're talking about, like, what Knesset we're talking about here exactly. Okay? No till say for Torah, no no Rosh Knesset. So he gave it to the head. For Rosh Knesset, no Sulaskan. He gives it to the vice Kohen. Vaskan, no no Kohen Gadol. He gives it to the Kohen Gadol. So that's a whole big ritual till you get the Sefer Torah to the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol, Omeinu Mikabel, he stands up and he accepts the Torah, the Korei, and he reads from the Torah. Achremos, which is the specific avodas yom kippurim, the ach the esur, which is the uh, which is in emor there in vayikra, which is the musafim of the yom and the second of all the musve yontiv, um, the golo as a torah, and then he wraps it up umeinicha bechiko and holds it in his chest. The omen he says yesimim mashakrisi lufnechem kasev kan more than I read before you is written here. We'll see what he means by that. Ube esur shabuchum shapikudim and the parsha of basur in. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it in um, in Bamidbar in Pinchas 
which also is the Musfei Hayom. Interesting that he would read from both parshios of the Musfei Hayom. Um, Kore Alpeh. He, re- he says it out, he says it by heart. He does not say it from reading. So, whatever reason it was decided that he would, should read both from Emor and from Pinchas. Um, but that's why he says, more than is written here, I am, I, um, you know, I am reading before you today. So we'll see in the Gemara that it would have taken too long for him to have rolled it to, uh, Pinchas. So he was not going to read it inside. That would not have been respectful to the Tibor. But, one minute, but, well, it's part of the ritual, but, um, but actually, then, but then, but if he's going to say it about Peh, and he's not going to read it inside, you don't want people to think that maybe it's not written in the Sefer Torah that he's reading from. So he basically has to say, this is written here, I'm, I'm, you know, more, you know, it is written in the Sefer Torah, but nevertheless, I'm not reading from it, uh, <laughs> but don't suspect him the fact that I'm saying about Peh, that for some reason there's some problem with this Sefer Torah. Um, um, one minute. Um, so that's what he would do. That would be all of the brachot of the kriya that he would do. It's interesting that he would not precede it with a bracha. Now you have all of these brachot that come afterwards. brachot, and he makes seven brachot, presumably following. Similarly, if you think about like how we do, you know, the half Torah, where we do more many brachot like after, you know, and um, than we do before. Um, not exactly clear to me why there was not a bracha before. Um, and he would do eight brachot after. Uh, now, al So on the Torah and on the Avoda. So the Torah is, if you look at Rashi, bracha Okay, the bracha after the Torah. So apparently, Asher Nasalan Torah Emes. The al havoda Now Rashi in Yoma says it's not just the ritse of our Shmon Esrei because our Shmon Esrei ends with Hamachazir Shchinato Ritzion, which doesn't fit so well. So he says it's the ritse actually of Hato. Uh, 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 what is it um, that we say by Birchas Kohanim? Shelchalavat Chabiyiran Avod. Okay, which actually can again we discussed there that that's maybe Dafka why even if there were two competing Nuschaot why that's chosen for Birchas Kohanim because that reflects actually not just that you know, like a sense of contemporary. Avodah. You know, it's consistent with the idea that they're doing the Avodah right now. Okay? And Rashi continues by saying, um, And then we're going to do Modim. But if you think about it, right, so the Torah is the Torah, but then in a way it situates you sort of in the middle of Shemona Esrei. So you have Al Avodah back to the Mishnah. Al Avodah. Uh, where were we? And thank you, thanks, which is modim, right? So it's basically, which say Hashem Elokeinu is, please accept the Avodah, which is something that is said at the end of the Avodah, so this occurs after the Avodah Sayyom, so it's interesting, using the Kriyat Torah as an opportunity to make brachot, not just on the Kriyat Torah, but to make brachot on the whole Avodah, which has now just culminated, okay? So you're doing that on accepting the Avodah and then giving thanks like we after recognizing that we've done the Avodah and we got Rafka to thank and then we thank God um, um, which is what we do in the Shemona Esrei Zover Todah Yichab Deneni Rashi says Achar Zvicha Hoda'ah after you bring the sacrifice you give thanks to God okay so sort of interesting the way in which this is sort of like being folded into like our type of a liturgy you know a type of a Kriya Torah then getting you back into the middle of Shemona Esrei type of a thing um, now maybe there was a bracha before the Kriyat Torah, but maybe that was only a simple single bracha. But here's where you're doing the whole string of brachot. So these are the eight brachot. Um, okay, so back to the Mishnah. Al HaTorah, Ve'al HaVodah, Ve'al HaVodah, giving thanks. Ve'al Mechilat HaAvon, okay, which is Rashi basically says, you know, if you look at Rashi, Atah B'chartanu, Shechotein, Melech Mocheva Solech, L'Avonatei L'Avonat, Samon B'Yish Yisrael, right, Ma'aviyah Shemotein B'chol Shana V'Shana, Melech Mocheva Solech, L'Avonat Kippurim. Right. So anyway, to so talk about really being in the middle of Shmon Esrei, although in a little bit you're like doubling back. You right. know, if yes, you think about the way our Shmon Esrei is structured, okay, but nevertheless, it's not exactly making it into a Shmon Esrei. You've done the Avoda, so bracketing the whole fact that there was now a Kriya Satara that interrupted. You did the Avoda, you said Ritzayam the Avoda, you said Modim, and hopefully the effect of the Avoda is God so forgiving of Avon. I have no idea. Um, the Al HaMikdash and now, on the Mikdash. So, Rashi doesn't tell you what that exactly the tefillah is, but he says, V'chotein Baruch Hashem Bachar Mikdash, Right? He shows them the Beit HaMikdash. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
the Al Yisrael. So Rashi says, Mitpalelo Yisrael v'chotein Baruch Habocher b'Amo Yisrael. The Al, okay, the Al Yisrael, the Al Hakohanim. Rashi doesn't tell you what that is, but presumably Bocher be you know the you know the Shevet Kohanim or whatever. Um, be, you know, the Al Hakohanim, the Al Yerushalayim. Okay, and Rashi says, Al Yerushalayim. Rashi says, Umusecha Soti Yerusham is Mafarish Shlo, but I didn't get a chance to check what the Nusach was. Okay, the Ashar Tefillah. So that was actually seven. And then there's an eighth, which is a type of a general tefillah. So all of these really, it's interesting, you're using the brachas Torah as an opportunity for really making brachas on the avoda. Because you think about it, all of this, right? Uh, avoda, hodaya, mechivas avo, mikdash, Yisrael, kohanim, Yerushalayim. Really? Yeah. I wasn't counting. What is it? Torah, Avodah, Hodaya, Mechilas, Avon, Mikdash, Yisrael, Kohanim, Yisrael. Oh, so I'll have to see, actually, so what the Hashar Tefillah is. We'll see about that in the Gemara, because uh, how that works in terms of the numbers. So we'll hold off for that. Uh, but anyway, but it is interesting that this is primarily not about the Torah. It's using the completion of the Torah as an opportunity to really make a brachot on, you know, the, on the Avodah, yes. So I'm um, just wondering about this Yotera, Mashakariti, you know, Katukan. Which is, I think, our basis for general halachot of Tirchad de Tibur, right? Yeah, well, why don't we wait? We'll see it in the Gemara. Okay. But I just, just asked my question, is, and then you're going to address. What I find interesting is, I mean, at least in my mind, it's not like they're doing anything else. Like, you know, where are they going? Aren't they staying there the whole day anyway? Mm-hmm. They're, 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 right. So, is there, so, right. I mean, it gets back to your question before. Well, it takes time to do the whole passing thing. Right. But the point is, is that, like, you know, it's that, like, delay and hesitation is seen as the Tirchad. It's not the question of the absolute amount of time. It's a question that it's seen, that it's sort of like, you know, come on what's happening he's like what, what's taken so, so long so you know like they did a whole story where their guy an engineer was hired to, in the, this big uh, uh, building to um, there's a famous story about how you know to speed up the elevator because all these fancy executives were complaining about how long it took to wait for the elevator and like he did the estimate it was going to cost millions of dollars so instead what he did is he just installed um, full you know like floor to ceiling mirrors like by the elevators and then everybody was so busy looking at themselves in the mirror that they didn't notice how much time was passing and they were totally happy so anyway <laughs> so it's not the question of the absolute passage of time. It's a sense like when you're waiting for a subway, you know? It's a sense like, come on, where is the whole thing? Yes, time seems to go a lot slower when thing, nothing's happening. So that's I'm really the issue. That when they're rolling the safer to the second Kriya, yeah. the Matargaman is saying the Targum. Yeah. The first Kriya, right? Well, we're going to talk about the Targum in a minute. That's where Rashi, expo- Rashi has explained it that way, right? In other words, they that was the earlier, time. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... The Yemenites who still have, they still read like Mikra and Targum, mm-hmm. the Torah, they don't do it that way. They do it Pasuk Pasuk, not Section 7. Oh, what's Pasuk Pasuk? Why did you think otherwise? Where did you actually say otherwise? What's Pasuk Pasuk? When we said, today she and Targum, I don't know where you're going. If you're going to the Gemara, we did yesterday. No, I mean, two days ago. right here with this Rashi. What? He says here, Vesba Asor, Parshat Sorke says, Asimucha Hiliachre, Motiacho, the Glow, Sefatol, the Sham, the Ocha, Matargaman, Matargame, Mikra Acharon. Right, the last puzzle. Oh, that's what it means by the last Yeah, Mikra Acharon is the last puzzle. Like no, 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 Pasa Pasa. Okay, sorry. All right, so now the Gemara says like the following. All right. Shmas Minah, we can see from this, because you went from the Chazan to the, to the, to the Rosh Knesset, to the Skan, that Chokin Kavon Mutavim, the Makamarav, it looks like you're doing this because you're so honored to, like, the, uh, lesser, uh, you know, the people that are, that are, that are at a lower level. Like, why don't you just give it straight, the way Rashi is, and I'll really t- tell you what Tosa says in a minute, why not just give it straight to the Kohen Gadol? The fact that first you want to give it to the Rosh Knesset, and from him to the Skan, shows like you're trying to show honor to these people at the middle level, but even though there's a high your authority, you know, the person at the top there. So does that show that you give honor to the student in the place of the Rav? So I'm going to buy, you know, no, 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 this is all a way to show the honor of the Kohen Gadol that you go all through these stages before you reach the Kohen Gadol, which shows his high level, which seems quite obvious, which is, like, like clearly that's what that was about. So Tosos has a better read, or whatever, a different read than Rashi. Tosos says, no, of course you're going to go through these stages. The question is, why don't you go from the Sgan, from the Chazan HaKneset straight to the Skan, right? Why do you go from the Chazan, meaning, why don't you just, what, meaning, obviously you want to go up and show how high the Kohen Gadol is, right? But why not go straight from the Chazan HaKneset straight to the Skan? The fact that you go through the Rosh HaKneset seems to be, to be showing Kavod, not to the Rosh HaKneset, but to who? Meaning, what would be the problem from going to the Chazan HaKneset to the Skan, jumping over the Rosh HaKneset? Who would be slighted by that? 
The Rosh Knesset. So why not? So who cares about the Rosh Knesset? There's a coin goddle here. So why do you have to go? Why not jump over the Rosh Knesset, right? And it would still show how high up the coin goddle is because you go from the Chazan to the to the to the I mean to to the Rosh and then from the Rosh to the you know to the I mean from the Chazan to the Skan and from the Skan to coin goddle. Why did you have to give it to the Rosh Knesset in between? So you know so so uh, what? No no no. And forget that it would also show sliding to the Rosh Knesset. It would show sliding to the Skan. Right, the fact that the Skan had to get it from two guys lower, he didn't get it from the guy directly below him. Right, so that's not fully respectful to the Skan. But this is who cares? Just go from the Chazan to the Skan, so the Skan gets slighted. Big, you know, big deal. It's all about covenant of the Queen Gado. So the no, no, no. Why, why, why do you go Chazan, Rosh, Skan, Koen Gadol? Why not just go Chazan, Skan, jump over the Rosh HaKneset, Chazan, Skan, Koen Gadol, okay? If it's all for the sake of the covenant of the Koen Gadol, just do that. So presumably the reason you didn't jump over a middle guy was A, it wouldn't be respectful for the guy you jumped over, but it, not, it also wouldn't even be respectful for, fully respectful for the Skan. The Skan doesn't want to get it from two guys lower than him, he only wants to get it from one guy lower than him. So tells us the answer. So that's the most question. Why do we care about that? It's all still, co- you know, why do we care about the, the, the cover of the middle guys? And the answer is no. So even just making everything go just slowly one level at a time is a way of increasing the kavod of the Kohen Gadol. So I think it's a better read than Rashi, right? Because it's clear, obviously the reason you don't jump from a low guy to a high guy is the honor of the high guy. But Rashi said, but Tosa says, okay, but you could still have left out a guy in the middle and that would have only slighted the people in the middle. It wouldn't have slighted the guy, slighted the guy on the top. And he says, no, even that would have slighted the guy on the top. Every stage you do increases the honor of the top guy. Yes. David, could you get the, um, the uh, shades? It's getting it's clear. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's continue the Gemara. Omid says the Gemara Michal the Yoshev sounds like he was sitting. So the Gemara said, uh, and how could that be? Vamar Mar in Yeshiva Bazara El Lamalchi Beis. Thank you. That's much better. Okay, thank you. In Yeshiva Bazara Lamalchi Beis David Bilvad. That the only people that got to sit in the Azara were the kings of Beit David, descendants of of David. Shneemar, as it says. Forgotten, even though there wasn't a Beit Hamikdash, you know, presumably it means like the courtyard in which the Aaron was being kept, but nevertheless that's used as a paradigm. Um, and uh, the Marsha says, presumably it's also based conceptually on the idea that it says that, you know, Shlomo was sat on, you know, on uh, the, the language used in the Psukim by Shlomo, I think it refers to his, the, the king of Malchus as Kisei Hashem. Um, the Marsha quotes it, what's the Pasuk? It says by Shlomo, um, 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 yeah. Okay, so therefore, maybe Malchus is supposed to, be to show that this is the Malchus chosen by God, it's the Kisei Hashem. They get to sit in the Azara, but nobody else does. So, how here could the Kohen Gadol be sitting in the Azara? So the Gemara says. Doesn't matter. You're not allowed to. Okay. Vayomer mi anochi, etc. So Moshe says, "Kedam Rav Chiza bezras nashim." Like Rav Chiza says to deal with another problem, Azara did not mean the Azara; meant the Ezras nashim, which makes sense. That's where the people can gather anyway and be part of the Kriyas Torah. Um, so Hachanam, because it's a large space, Hachanami bezras nashim. Okay, here too. Now some have the gift of Meisrei, but let's take out the word Meisrei because we have a brayta. This seems to be the original source of where Rav Chiza said of where Rav Chiza said this reconciliation. It says, the Heichan Karin Bo, where you read from the Sefer Torah of Yom Kippur. So, Ba'azara, Rebbe Leaz bin Yaakov, remember Baharabayas. No, it wouldn't be in Ba'azara, it would be outside the base of Mikdash on the Harbayas. Which, by the way, could explain why there's a Chazan HaKneset and a Rosh HaKneset. Maybe there was a Shul on Harbayas, right? But not in the, on the base of Mikdash grounds itself. Okay. Shanemar, Vayikrabo, Isnei HaRachov. In the street before the Shah Hamayim, before the actual gate of the uh, Beit Hamikdash itself, that's from the story in the So you see that there was a sense of a reading of a Torah that took place on Har Habayit. So, which would be funny also that the Kohen Gadol would actually leave the Beit Hakneset, the Beit Hamikdash, on Yom Kippur. I mean, he had been done the Avodi; he didn't have finished the everything he had to do. But that would be strange. But anyway, the idea of a Knesset of a Beit Knesset sits a little bit better there. Anyway, Amar Avchizah Bezrat Nashim. Jesus said that Azara 
does not mean the Azara Mamash, it means the Azara Nashim, which also technically is leaving, I mean, the Kedusha Samikdash, the Azara, but not leaving the actual grounds, uh, you know, actually the structure of, of the Mikdash. So that's why he said it. sitting in the women's section. There you go. Uh, standing. They weren't sitting. Oh, well, he was sitting. That's true. Anyway. Okay. Um, yes, Charlie, you had a question? Yeah, in Sefer Shmuel, of Eli HaKoyin Yoshev Al-Hisayal Mezuzah Hekal Hashem. Right. So... So, the, yeah, I think we're going to get there. I think that Tartosus actually quotes that uh, too about, I mean, that would presumably also be the, uh, the Ezrat Nashim. Um, although that, that was in that the... That would have been the Mishkan of That would be in the Mishkan, right. In the Ezrat right, that's true. Uh, let me just quick Tosus, hold on. Um, I mean, first of all, he quotes Yushami that says, Vayeshev doesn't mean literally sat. It might have a way of mean that whatever, leaned or other types of things. Um, and... Uh, you know, then he asks, there's actually positions in the Yerushalmi that even Malchim based David don't, aren't allowed to sit. And we interpret those postures. Yeah. Um, it means, like, he, it means he was, whatever, it means he was leaning or other types of things. Um, okay, fine. Moving on. Uh, yes. So the coin got he wouldn't, would he say before it is not really Oh, yeah, by the way, no, there, Charlie, look, three lines on the bottom of Tosfos. It says, um, um, so he quotes a Gemara, where is it? I'm not sure if it's Yerushalmi or Midrash. Anyway, four lines from the bottom, he says, three lines from the bottom, starting at the beginning of the line, Bazara, Anyway, so So he says, you know, so it doesn't sound like, but that, but there is, like, again, I forget if that's Yerusham or Midrash that actually has that Chayin Gadol, um, you know, was allowed to have Yeshiva. Yes, yes, uh, so like, oh, yes. Uh, it's not mentioned here, but did the Chayin Gadol actually called up? You know, Yamo Chayin Gadol. I don't know. No, because he was. The only person reading anyway but I guess uh, I don't know I don't know I don't know if he made a bracha beforehand okay yeah. so anyway yeah so it could be that he did but it's not mentioning it okay um, so uh, now there's also another interesting thing here that I want to just quickly look at Rashi uh, or somebody here says one minute Yeah, ra- an interesting sort of Rashi here, a little like non, whatever, like a more of a, of a, uh, a, a whatever, a, a non, an otherworldly Rashi. In Yeshiva Be'azara, seven lines from the bottom, Rashi says, "De'en kavod shemayim bekach, v'afiu malchei hashari sein lem Yeshiva sham, sham Yeshiva, dechiv omdimi malo." Right. So anyway, so that's an interesting concept that the reason you don't stand is, you know, this model of malchei hashari is particularly appropriate because some want to sort of speak about Yom Kippur in general standing white some people Dafka have a minog on Yom Kippur to basically not sit from the beginning of davening until the end of the day um, so you know this also but this idea right you're, it's a day that you're sort of like malachim you're not eating and so on so this idea of standing so this isn't specifically a Yom Kippur din but this idea of in the presence of God not to sit not just the sense of the Kedushah HaMakom but in the presence of God and the analogy to the malachim I thought was interesting okay so now the Gemara continues V'kore achwe mos v'ach v'asor so you jump in the Navi if you're reading the Haftarah you can jump from one section to the next but you don't jump from one section to the next when you're reading the Torah and here the Kohen Gadol is jumping from one section the question is is that can you get to the next Pasuk before the uh, translator finishes his reading if you can then there's no pause and that's acceptable so presumably saying that in the, in the Navi even if there would be a pause, it's okay. In the Torah, as long as you can do it without there being a pause. So the Gemara says, one minute. But on that right, we've, we clarify the teachers. The Dalgin the Navi, the Dalgin Torah. You jump in the Navi, but you can't jump in the Torah. That's coming with Dalgin. How much are you allowed to jump in the Navi? Even in the Navi, when you jump, it's only if you can get to the next Pasuk, you can scroll to the next Pasuk before the translator finishes. So that's even when you're allowed to do it in the Navi, you have to do it without a pause. Michal the Torah and the Sefer Torah, Klau You're not allowed to do it even if you can get there before the guy finishes, you know, before, before the guy finishes. So, El Amar Bayi Lokasha. Kan binyanechad, kan inyanim. It depends, are you staying on topic or not staying on topic? So, if you want to jump in the Torah, you're allowed to do it 
if you can get there before the guy finishes translating and it's within the same theme and the Navi it has to be before the guy finishes translating so there's no pause right that would be frustrating whatever hesitation etc but you're allowed to jump from theme to theme Fatani we taught in the Brisa this way you can jump in the Torah from the, from the same one theme to the same theme and from Navi you can switch themes but in both cases it has to be before the guy finishes translating otherwise it's not respectful people are there and they're, they're just waiting and even when you can jump in a Navi and if you you know and if the guy finishes translating you can't go from one sefer of Navi to a neck even if you could get there in time but in the book of Shnei Masar you can jump even though there are different Nevi'im it's all the same sefer but you can't go backwards earlier into the sefer that's considered to be maybe too confusing to people they want a sense of continuity even though the things are not necessarily chronologically I mean there are docked around this time by the way on Shabbos Shuva we like have a three read from like three different Nevi'im I'm not sure it's actually in order either but okay whatever now one minute now um, in very nice Rashi about why you can't what's the problem what's the difference between one theme or different themes if either way you'll do it without pausing why are you not allowed to jump from one theme to the next in Torah so if you look at Rashi Kambi Nenechad the uh, first narrow line she says who you're stick, sticking with in the Corbanos of Yom Kippur theme. Why can't you do that in the Torah? That when you're in the middle of one sort of topic, it's not so easy to automatically switch gears and pay attention to a new theme and to a new topic. Torah, which is telling you like the mitzvahs that you have to do and when you're reading the Torah this is the opportunity for people to actually listen and pay attention and maybe actually learn something it's not just a ritual and they understand what are some of the mitzvahs they have to do and if you hear something that you don't really understand you gloss over it right you, so you if you're going to be now it's, so it's interesting right better not to do it than to do it and to mishear it or to not understand it not pay sufficient attention and therefore if you switch themes the person isn't going to be able to really focus on the next topic it's not I mean obviously it's important messages it's the Nevuah but if you didn't fully get some postdoc it's not important but again what's fascinating about this besides just the particular educational insight about that it's, you know, it's hard to switch gears so quickly is also that it's better not to read it than to read it or not to read it now than to read it in a way in which people are going to get a wrong message. Yes. So I mean, what, I, what I'm inferring from here is that uh, this Kiyan of reading from Nevi'im, I imagine this is in the context of Aftar. Yeah. Uh, so it's very old and yeah, sure. Pergamon from there and they probably read it from like a real safe error because otherwise right. that's why all of that is correct. Yeah. Yep. That's correct. They didn't have codexes in the time of the world. That's a good point. Okay, but uh, maybe maybe it expects a different level of, of a different like you know it's a, like a entry level so it's a, into the into the health thing. The Torah was for everybody. Okay, the the very fact that you didn't people didn't even understand Hebrew you had every Torah month. Okay, the goal of the Torah he wraps up the Torah and puts it in stress. Lama, why does he say oh there's more written here than I'm reading to you? People shouldn't say you're not reading from inside because it's not written inside. So you want to let people know that that's not the case. And then he writes, reads from, uh, what do you call it? From Basur in Pinchas by heart. So it's a very strange question that Rashash asks. You know, the Gemara says, I don't understand. Why is he not reading from it? Why doesn't he just scroll it and read? Which is so funny. Didn't we just answer that? That you're not supposed to jump if it's going to take too long to get from one section to the next? So I don't understand the question. The, you know, the Rashash also didn't understand it. Anyway, it's asking what it seems to have already answered. Why not just scroll and read? Because to scroll it off, that would not be respectful that people are sitting and waiting and you have to scroll. So again, it seems like a, just a different version of a previous 
you know, answer, right? Like it's one which mentioned the emphasis of pausing and waiting. This is the act of scrolling. You actually would do a scrolling because you would scroll from Achremos to, uh, you know, to Emor. So it's not like the scrolling is always a problem. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's a different version of what we said before. The lazy Sefer Torah, Rina Velikri, fine. Why not just use another Sefer Torah? So, Ravuna Bar Yudam, Ramishu Gamo Shorishon. Because people say, oh, why didn't they read it from the first one? There must have been something wrong with it. Okay? So, all right, so we're going to get to that. Because if you bring a new Sefer Torah, and presumably this does show that you would make a Bracha Rishona, um, I don't know, maybe you'd have to make a Bracha Rishona and Achron on both of them, but it's the same it's the same person, you know, in the middle of his Aliyah, you're switching Sefer Torah, but anyway, some of that it would necessitate at least another, like, Bracha B'tchilah, presumably, and that would be unnecessary. So, because, uh, it's funny, it's not unnecessary, because you're not allowed to jump in the other one, but somehow, in one Aliyah, it would necessitate a doubling of the Bracha, and that's not appropriate. Well, right, that, that's, that, well, that's exactly, correct, that somehow it would be to bring a Torah and not to make a Bracha over the Torah would be seen as a lacking in that, correct, that's absolutely correct. Okay, and now the Gemara asks the question, Michael said, one minute, were you telling me you can't bring two Sefer Torah? Are we concerned that bringing a Sefer Torah raises questions about the first one? Maybe Maybe so this is on Shabbos. You read one from the Shabbos parsha and one of Rosh Chodesh So there you go. Totally appropriate. So the Gemara says Yes, there's a different Aliyah. It's not a problem, and it's also not a bracha Okay, but here But to have the same person and then to leave one Torah and go bring the other one, right? That would be considered a pagam. There's a sense of like, why did you abandon this? If it's the same person and the same Aliyah, why are you making another bracha? Right, that's unnecessary. That would be inappropriate. Again, going back to the point, by the way, that whatever the problem was of rolling the Sefer Torah, it wasn't just the passage of time. I mean, it takes time to use another Sefer Torah to open it up, but the problem really is, is it's that, that sense of pausing and hesitating and delay, which is what's inappropriate with Sibor, as opposed to just things that things are allowed to take time, okay, but there's a sense that you're actually moving and doing something rather than just waiting, yes. I think about the concept of Gamosh Rishon, which I think is interesting, because I understand, like, you know, you took it out, like, oh, wait, let's go get the other one somewhere in the middle. We're taking both of them out from the very beginning. Yeah, but the same person... Yeah, okay, but the same person, and you're switching. Why are you switching in the middle? He was reading from that Torah. All right, moving on. So that's like the normal bracha that you have, right? Like they're established, meaning like we know from the Shimon Okay, so I don't know. Just indicating that there one is like the that that some of these are are ones that we're familiar with elsewhere in our liturgy. So the rest is filah. So Tanu Rabbanan Hashar Tefilat China Rina Ubakasha Shamcha Yisrael Tzuchim Livashaya V'Chotein B'Shomei Tefilah. So again, I don't get it. If you're ending on Shomei Tefilah, so why isn't it nine? I'm sorry. He actually says these words are Shar Tefilah. Uh, yeah, that's not exactly clear. Um, um, meaning, uh, you know, Hashar. What does it mean, Hashar Tefilah? Uh, Rashi also said I wasn't exactly getting Rashi's point. So Rashi says Tanu Rabbanan Hashar Tefilah Zohi Shiesh Bracha Achat. Um, wrote Filas Kina Rina Bakasha. Does that mean that that's wrapped into? I, I, I didn't understand how Rashi is reading the words on Shar I also don't get how come it's like as you pointed out. It was uh, that, not the ninth bracha. Everybody brings their own sefer Torah. So that everybody should see the appearance, which Rashi says means the writing of the sefer Torah. So take a look at Rashi. I don't know why you bring it after it's going to take a long time to go down off the hard bias go to your house bring it back like maybe you should have brought it you brought it ahead of time anyway wait 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 
either the opinion that there's no Isra Hotsa on Yom Kippur, which we do not possibly, or it's a walled city, and the, 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 the gates were closed at the night, so it's all Rosh Yachid, so there's no problem, but still, I don't get it. Like, everybody's going home, getting their safe attire, like it's a big schlep, and to bring it back, and to read again, and it seems very bizarre. Like, why not have it there ahead of time? You know, I mean, after you've gone, you take a half hour or whatever, an hour to get home and come back, like, isn't are you sort of out of the uh, mode already of the Kriya Satora? Anyway, Also, what's the idea of Chazutol Rabim? Like people, nobody ever sees a Sefer Torah at other times. Now it is on Yom, it is true on Yom Kippur. The emphasis about like Shem Hashem, right, and how everybody is Korea, you know, Korean of Noflim, and when you sort of take the uh, thing right, that says Hashem Chatat, you know, he lifts up the thing that says Hashem Chatat when he does the thing on the uh, on the on the Seir so there is idea of like, like seeing you know and uh, participating and what's his name by the way did a whole uh, a whole series of articles uh, I forget which one the name of the scholar but about how um, you know the whole sort of thing about how the Avodah Tayyom and so many things in the Beit HaMikdash seem to be like very private certainly not involving the whole people and certainly by Yom Kippur you know Kol Adam Lo Omoed and Chazal go ahead and they like bring Klal Yisrael there right like they make them present to this whole ritual of Kriyat HaTorah you know they make them present when he does the Vidoy when he chooses the goats and here they're actually actively participating and going there you know themselves being part of like the Kriyat HaTorah so it's a very interesting way of making something that was really only the Avodat of the of the Kohen Gadol much more of type of a sort of like you know communal participation it echoes if people remember the famous Mishnah by the taking of like the Lulavim on Harabayit right you know and that everybody would be taking their Lulavim and the whole fights that broke out in the base of Mikdash of trying to find your so it's very powerful in a way like bringing almost the shul into the base of Mikdash right and that's the whole idea of Knesset right so having everybody now reading the Torah so whatever it means it is quite fascinating in terms of what it means here about Hashar Tefillah how that gets you eight or not nine I don't know maybe some of your English has interesting uh, answers for that yes there were a couple of periods when the temple stood uh, for the first temple and the second temple where Jerusalem did not have walls okay so uh, alright that's interesting so I wouldn't include those cases Okay, um, anyway, does anybody have anything interesting about Hashar Tefillah to shed any light on this, that they're singing in whatever, whatever they're using? Uh, just this list apparently comes to the total nine blessings, not the eight stated, but okay. some versions of whatever myth calls for Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Not listed by the grace in Yoma, nor in Yerushalmi. Which version are you reading? Oh, he's reading a footnote in the article that some versions leave out value of Shalayim. Rashi did not mention Kohanim, I noticed. The Rashi on the Mishnah. So I thought that Rashi was dropping Kohanim as a separate one. Rashi here, however, does mention the blessing of Jerusalem, but we never mention the blessing for the Kohanim. Kohanim, yeah. So it does sound like it says the Chotim. It sounds like it was one of the Brachas. Okay, moving on. All right, next Mishnah. we got to keep on moving here, guys. Parsha Samelech, Ketzah. Now we move from the Kohen Gadol, which, by the way, is the only one in the list which is not like a text in the Torah, which is a rab- totally rabbinic text. So it's quite interesting of all the things. And notice, by the way, it never says how you know that it has to be in Hebrew. Like, why all of a sudden? I mean, the irony is, you could read the Torah not in Hebrew, you could probably read the Torah in Greek or in other languages, but the brachot of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur... Those had to be like, could he read the Torah in Greek and then make the, everybody had to make the brachas in Hebrew? Like, but it never discusses right why it has to be in Hebrew, and it's the only one on the list that's actually not, you know, the what do you call it? You know, not uh, not a biblical text. So that completely gets glossed over. But now we move to the Parsha Samelech, okay, which is the reading of Hakel, okay, which actually we just sort of uh, had right the sukkah of uh, the year after the Shemitah year. Parsha Samelech side What's the Parsha of the King in the Torah when it's Scribes Hakel, it never says that the king reads it, right? It just says Sikrat Torah Hazot. Okay. Yeah, Moshe Yon of Arishon Shachag, the first. The, 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 after the first day of Yontav of Sukkot, not the last day of Yontav of Sukkot, um, B'Shemini, the Gemara's going to say it means not the eighth day of Sukkot, but B'Shemini, the eighth year, B'Mote Shviyas, after the Shemitah year, Osilo Bimasho Eitz Bazara, you make a big platform, a wooden platform in the Azara, we'll see which Azara, by now you should probably guess that it says Rat Nashim, which is correct, also that's where the people can gather, V'Huyo Shev Allah, and the king sits, although Malchai Beis are allowed to sit in the Azara, Shemembar, Mikhei Shevani, 
similar to before he was sitting he stands and he receives it the Kore Yoshev, but then when he reads it, he's actually sitting when he's reading it, which is quite fascinating. Agrippus Melech, Hamelech Agrippus the king, who was descended of Hordus, the last king of Israel, before the Chorban Abayis, he Kibel, he rose and he received it, the Kara Omed, and he read it standing to show respect to the Torah, even though he's a king. And the sages praised him. But when he got to the actual Parshat Hamelech itself, the Parshat Mishar that talks about the king, and says you can have no foreigner and he was descendant of Hordus who had been a slave and not a naturally born Jew um, so Zalgu Enav Dema'ot his eyes flowed with tears Amrlo they said to him Al Titerei Agrippas do not fear Agrippas Achinu Ata Achinu Ata you are our brother so if you look at Rashi Rashi says Zalgu Enav Dema'ot the first wide line Shemikah Zeposlom in the Machus that invalidated him because he was uh, he was a descendant of you know of, uh, of non-Jew and Rashi said Achinu Ata Sheimom Yisrael that his mother at least was Jewish which raises interesting questions which we'll get to in a minute in the Gemara or in Tosa uh, now, um, so you read from the beginning of Dvarim because it says So you read the Mishnah Torah until Shema, the Shema, and then you read the Shema itself, and you jump to the Hayyim Shemoa, the second part of Shema, and then you read Aser to Aser and Kitzchalel Aser, the things about giving Maaser and the gifts of the Aniim because it's uh, Sukkot time, um, and then Uparshas Hamelach, the part of the King, because it's the King reading it, Ubrachus Klolos Achigomer. Then you read from the brachos and kolos from Kitavo through the end of the whole Sefer Torah. That is true. That is correct. I know it's a good question. Okay, we'll take a look. Right, that's a good point. Okay, Uh, we will discuss. I believe, if I remember correctly. Okay, Kula. You make the same brachot. But instead of saying, you know, it's it's, it's, you say, you know, Mekadesh Yisrael, you know, Vehazdemanim, okay, because it is Sukkot. Interesting, by the way, this reinforces the idea to drop the, uh, you know, to drop the uh, Kohanim from the previous bracha, right, because Kohanim makes more sense if you're emphasizing a Avoda in the Mikdash. Although, actually, you, he would still be saying Ritzay, so that's also funny, to be sort of like saying Ritzay, and this did not come at the completion of an Avoda, right, so it doesn't exactly match. A lot of them make sense. But the specific emphasis of say is probably a little bit funny. Okay, now in terms of why you actually say this, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, I mean, some of this is obviously, but Rashi says like this. Um, Rashi says like this. The second wide line near the end of the line, like three lines before the end of the line, Rashi says, the Kore, the, um, okay, I'm sorry, the third line down, down in the wide line of Rashi. Shema, Rashi says, is Kabbalah's Malchus Shemayim. By Yom Shemayim, Kabbalah's Obviously, that's our Kriya Shema. Today, I'm going to the Bracha. The same Bracha, the Kabbalah's Kabbalah's Torah. That's the Brist, right? It doesn't exactly explain why it goes through the end of like, you know, Hazino, I guess, is the aid to the Brist, but then would you do also the Yizos HaBracha? Right there. I mean, well, maybe once you're so close to the end, you'll finish it up. Um, and then, the, particularly to make people hear, that's when you're gathering in. Okay, and so that's why you want to particularly emphasize those. Okay, okay. And then Rashi, by the way, addresses, if you take a look, let's keep on reading. Listening to the king, so you don't have a translator. And if you don't have a translator, 
then it's not a problem of being able to jump before the translator finishes because there's no translating it again. Of course, you would think that's a bigger problem because all the pause is even more pronounced. So I really don't understand. But Rashi at least is trying to respond. We can't take questions. Rashi is trying to respond to at least a problem that you are jumping here. The simple answer is, okay, sometimes you have no choice, okay? Now, we weren't going to read the entire Sefer Dvarim. Now, Bishmini Sakadai, the Mar says, really, on the eighth day of, of Sukkot, it sounded like you were doing it on the second day of Sukkot. Most of Yom Tov Arishon. So, Ela Ema Bishmini, no, the eighth year. Why do you need all of these, meaning all of these designations, or what, this specific date, or maybe it sounds like you're actually saying, why did you need all of the, all of the words in the Pasuk to identify when this actually was done? you need them. The at the end of um, seven years, seven years from the time Moshe was giving the Torah. That doesn't mean at the end, doesn't mean at the end of a Shemitah cycle. So okay, at the end of the Shemitah. Because Shemitah, So I would have said it means at the end of the Shemitah, not at and not like at the beginning of the next year. When they're all coming, from the beginning. Now somebody's going to figure out, but you still did. You could have just said Sukkot without saying Moed or whatever. Fine, I'm not going to worry about that. Moving on, the eighth, the the eighth year. Fine. So the Gemara is going to repeat what it said before. Why do you have to go all these steps? Couldn't you have jumped over some people in the middle? Sounds like you're doing it to show proper kavod. Amar Abaye, even to somebody lesser in the presence of somebody greater. Amar Abaye, kulim shum kavod melech. No, all these stages ultimately increase the honor to the king. Ha-melech omed mekabel v'kore yoshev. Agrivus melech amad v'kibel v'kore v'omed. Omed m'klal the yoshev. This is why this goes quickly. It's a little repetition. But right, it sounds like he was sitting until now. It's funny how to say that since the next thing says that the king actually does sit when he actually reads it. Anyway, and these were based these weren't Malchus they studied okay so like we said before it's in the which anyway makes sense that's where you can gather people okay and they praised him he did well that he chose to stand rather than to sit how is that true Has that, that's a good thing for a king to choose to stand and be mochel on his kavod even if a Nasi, like a uh, head of a tribe, so you know, a high official is allowed to be Mochel on his Kavod, and that's acceptable, but that's a Melech. Melech, that's a Nasi. Melech, Shemachal, Kvodu, Inkvodu, Machal. A king can't. A king can never compromise on his honor. It's important for the people. It's important for the people in order that they always, you know, it's not his personal choice to be Mochel on that. The people need the, uh, the status of the king and the awe of the king. King. So he's not, he's not allowed to be mocha on his kavod. That his fear should always be on you, and the king cannot choose to be mocha on that. But there's no mitzvah shani for the purpose of a mitzvah. It's allowed. Now Tosus asks a very powerful question. Tosus says that there's a Gemara that says um, uh, blah 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 blah. Tosus, if you look and Tosus says. Um, Basically, he quotes a Gemara that speaks about a king that, um, you know, whether, whether a king could be mochel and his kavod for, um, for the case of a, uh, for the case of a, uh, where was it? Of like, a, of, of like a kawa. Um, let's take a look at this. Okay. Um, so if we take a look at Tosvos, where it says, you see the word where it says Avinu, it's sort of like between the Gosabach, like, like right at the bottom of the Gosabach, like two lines down, the line says the word Avinu. Yeah. It says, Avram Avinu, who Alma, that was a case where a king to be mochel and his kavod for the honor of guests or for the honor of chassan and kala and it says even though that was a mitzvah it was kavod orchim or you know kavod chassan and kala and it says so he says like this there are different types of mitzvahs the mochel kavodom 
Shukvod Hashchina. That ultimately, what you're saying is, my kavod in the presence of God's honor is not meaningful. So I'm going to stand. I won't sit, you know, because the honor has to go to God. That whether you're, a king is allowed to do chalitza or yibum, ultimately you're doing it because there's a you know which involves the spitting, the chalitza. Ultimately, it's for the sake of honoring God. It's more important to me God's honor and God's mitzvah. Okay, aval he diksuvus per kamei kedushin shemorak vodok kadei lachok vod lebasar v'adam. But when you're honoring other people, now why you're honoring other people also because it's a mitzvah of God. So it's less of a mitzvah of God when you're honoring other people. So you could say yes, but when it's about honoring other people, what's brought to the forefront, even though you're doing a mitzvah of God, what's brought to the forefront is their honor, not God's honor. And tells us go and therefore it would more be like you, the king, are compromising your honor for theirs. God's honor is not what's being sort of emphasize here. But Tosus does it even one better. Tosus says the following. So he basically says, look at this. If the king, it's a question of king honoring the Kala, but the Kala has a mitzvah, to honor the king. So, so therefore, right, it's not just his mitzvah, it's between him and God, and he could be mochel and his kavod. There's also a sense here that the other people involved have an equal and a greater and opposite mitzvah to honor him. So he can't be mochel on the kavod. So it's quite interesting because I find it fascinating, you know, it gets to all those questions about when you have benadim lechavero mitzvahs, sometimes sort of the sense of it being a mitzvah gets downplayed. It looks, it becomes just an interpersonal type of a thing. So that dynamic, you know, so it gets played out a little bit here in Tosos that even when we say mitzvah shani, the dynamics are a little bit different when the mitzvah is fundamentally a ben adam lechavero type of a mitzvah. Okay, let's just read one more thing in the Gemara. At that moment, the haters of the Jews, meaning the Jews, were deserving of being destroyed. Why? That they flattered him. That they said to him, oh, no, 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 you're fine, when he really wasn't fine. Now, and then the Gemara now gets into which we'll pick up on tomorrow about the uh, problems of flattery um, and about but just but I will end by just saying before we get into the problems of flattery what was it wrong if he really was a if he really was Imam Israel so Rashi says the following Rashi says um does Rashi say anything? Oh no, Rashi just says it wasn't, or somewhere Rashi says it wasn't Roy because he was like, he, he never was, he had bad Yichus, he was descendant. But if you look at Tosvos, but if you take a look at Tosvos, also Yom Nishchai Vusani Shokliyah, Tosvos says, Yerushalmi, Tanim Rebbe Chanim, Rebbe Gamliyo, Omer, Harbe Chololim Naf, we've also Yom Sheikh Nifolo, Vedavar Tamuah Lomarim Haya Roy, Midin Torah, Timon Shimur Yishn Israel, which is what Rashi said, El Mishim Dezila Milsa, Kamosh Pirish Rashi, it's just, okay, it's unseemly, because he was descendant of slaves, she tchaivu achanufa muetes kezos onish kadoli be so deserving of such a great punishment. If technically he was he was he was qualified, so okay, maybe it wasn't most appropriate. But why is it so terrible to flatter him and to say you're fit and so on? So he says upirishri alpha gav dam pregnantes chalitza per cholet. So then he basically says that even though it was imo Israel, and even though we might say that the, you know there are various halachot about a ger or whatever you know what types of functions can a ger do and the whole funny thing is that the Gemara even assumes that a case of Imam Yisrael and a father not Jewish is also like a little bit not you know, doesn't have the full status of Yisrael for some of these like types of of halachos of whatever. No, actually, what Tosa, I'm sorry, I take that back. What Tosa says is, is that even though for the types of halachos that we say that there might be some issue about srara, about a gear taking positions of authority, won't apply if he has a Jewish mother and an not Jewish father. So says when it comes to the idea of a king, that that's required to be like Jewish by both on both sides. Okay, so we'll just read that last line. Tosa says. Um, so he says, um, so Tosa says like this Avamelech the line starts with the word Imam Yisrael so normally Imam Yisrael is fine but Tosa says Avamelech 
Chazav Rishina Allah that repeats Mikarev Achecha Tasim Alech Melech the copy Kragam Melech Achem Amash Mikarev Memutza equal fully from your brethren May Avi Zimo Misrael Vzurai Sachanufa Shemelech Shemach Bizroa Shalokidin Torah that he says unlike Rashi it doesn't matter if he was Jewish if he wasn't if his father wasn't also Jewish he's not fit to be king okay and so he really was not legally entitled to be king he was violating a Torah law. The Hodulah, but they, to flatter him, said, No, it's fine, it's fine, Vichaziku Bakah. And they sort of strengthened him, you know, and said, No, 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 don't worry, it's all fine. And that we'll discuss tomorrow when we discuss the issue of Hanufa. The Hanufa is not just flattering somebody, but it's that somebody who is actually doing something wrong, and you are basically being machzik them and telling them what they're doing is really totally okay and not a problem. Yeah, I know, it's flattery is not the right term. Anyway, we'll pick up with this. Tomorrow, between uh, then and now, we'll decide what the right term is. But the other interesting.